I think the thing that will become like thematically obvious through this conversation is how we have started to realize and own that your period is only one part of the cycle. Yes. And in some ways, it's like the least interesting part. Big time. And there's a lot of power to be gained by paying attention to and being grounded in that cycle. Hello, hi, I'm Erin Vandevin. Thanks for joining me today. This is Medium Lady Talks. This podcast is about figuring out the medium effort way to get the most out of life today. I hope the things I unpack here can role model and invite you to sort out your own ways to live life in the present. This is a show about experimenting to get closer to what matters most. I'm glad you're here, so let's settle in. Hello, hi, and welcome to Medium Lady Talks. This is episode 79. We are all about sort of uh, unpacking and complaining, and uh, we have a bit of a we have a bit of of things to say about the mystery of our periods. And I'm here with my guest, one of my dearest and bestest friends, Sarah. Sarah, welcome to Medium Lady Talks. Thank you. It's very good to be back. I haven't been back, and as you said, just over or over a year, well over a year. I'm happy to be back. Regulars to Medium Lady will know Sarah from episodes such as my best friend episodes that I've had, had a handful of those. And very early in the Medium Lady journey, we did an episode of Skincare Olympics, which was audio that I translated from an IGTV. So Sarah, happy to have you as a recurring guest on the show. Thank you. Happy to be here. So today, everyone, we are going to be tackling something that is... A bit of a pivot, but not much of a pivot from my usual content on healing, burnout, what it's like to be a millennial mother in a post-pandemic world. Yeah. Sarah and I are going to be talking about the menstrual cycle. Yes. We're going to be talking about periods. Not in the way that you think, though. We're kind of frustrated (laughs) to be 40 and to have had some revelations about our periods after experiencing them for quite a long time. (laughs) All right. All right. All right. You're really calling us out on our age. (laughs) While we do that, we're going to be putting makeup on our faces because that is something that Sarah and I find to be deeply caring and nurturing for ourselves. Mm -hmm. And it is at the top of my favorite things to do. Self-care list is number one, read. Number two, put makeup on my face. Yeah. Yeah. I have sleep somewhere in that. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I don't consider sleep self-care. I just consider it necessary to survive. Not not nighttime sleep. I mean, like napping, Sunday napping. Mm, I see. It's my jam. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. All right, Sarah. Yes. Um, Let's start with base. Let's talk a little bit about makeup. We'll start a little bit low stakes before we really go to the high stakes content. Okay. What's your plan from a makeup point of view? And uh, where are we going on this journey? And then I'll tell you what I'm what I'm up to. Okay. I am going to attempt some latte makeup today, which is like mm. a very big trend right now. Um, and it just kind of suits my skin tone. I'm like a low contrast beauty, you might say, where where my uh, my skin is tan, my hair is similar tone. So I'm going to go for that similar brown tone latte makeup. And I'm going to start with my favorite base, which is the NARS Soft Matte Complete Concealer. Awesome. All right. I will be honest, I do have a bit of makeup on my face. I did not cleanse or anything, mostly because I ran out of time before we recorded. <laughs> I watched it off so so, <laughs> so what I'm going to be doing is I'm going to be doing tomato girl makeup. Have you seen this, Sarah? Yes. 
I'm excited. It's perfect. See, because you are a high contrast beauty. Yeah. Okay. So tell me more about that. So low contrast, meaning your skin tone and your hair tone and your eye tone are all within the same saturation. Yeah. So like my skin is like a warm olive. Yeah. Olive tan. My hair is a soft blonde. So there's not a big contrast here. My eyes are hazel green, you know, so you can almost go, you could almost just say monotone, right? Like singular tones, but it's, it's low contrast beauty. They're from the same side of the paint chip. Yeah. And then high contrast is where you have the dark hair and the lighter skin. And the high contrast, can you can play around with it a little bit more. And the, with the tomato girl, the tomato girl summer, which is what has been trending. So tomato girl is probably very different from latte makeup because it's really about this sort of like Italian Mediterranean lady either eating tomatoes selling tomatoes cooking tomatoes picking <laughs> picking tomatoes she's out in the sun she's loving life very sophia loren circa although is it mm, no maybe it's not sophia loren um anyway okay so let's start with base so sarah you're getting into your base yeah i'm gonna go with a glowy base i'm just using a skin tint Perfect. for this and i'm using the milani hydrating skin tint glow in light medium all right, Sarah, tell me sort of like about your experience with period education. We have been battling myths and misconceptions for forever, but like, where did it all start? Where did it, where did it start to go wrong? <laughs> tell me, and you're the youngest of a lot of sisters. And so I bet our experiences are going to be slightly different. They are going to be slightly different. And I was more going to go for some, for a realization I had as like an adult. Yeah, and that's been kind of firming up the longer I, you know, the longer I'm an adult. When I was in university, this, this is going to be embarrassing. And I don't even care. When I was in university, I I cheekily switched the term um, time of the month from being my menstruation to being my ovulation phase. Sorry, say that one more time. Time of the month. The time of the month. Right, your time of it the month. It would say it's that time of the month, and that's usually code for I'm having my period. I'm having my period. I'm feeling like crap. Uh, this is a negative thing. You know what I mean? I'm gonna closet myself because I'm having that time. Yeah, it's usually an excuse when you say it's that time of the month. You're usually using that to yeah excuse something. Yes, and when I was in university, so young, I started to recognize that. That there was an opposite side of the month. Oh. That there's a side of the month where I'm really feeling it. I'm feeling myself. I feel beautiful. Other people look beautiful. I have a lot of energy. I'm ready to go out. I'm ready to make plans. Everybody I look at is attractive. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I switched it around. And I started, and I often joked around with friends of mine that it's like, well, it's that time of the month. It's time to go out. It's time to go have some fun. And, you know, maybe not that kind of fun. I was in a serious relationship at the time, but it kind of, it started then this idea of your cycle not being based in negativity and instead being based in positive. Wow, that's pretty early. That's pretty revolutionary. I mean, it took some time. That was pretty like jokey time of the month. But yeah, it took some time to, to get into that idea. I think the thing that will become like thematically obvious through this conversation is how 
we have started to realize and own that your period is only one part of the cycle. Yes. And in some ways, it's like the least interesting part. Big time. And there's a lot of power to be gained by paying attention to and being grounded in that cycle. Yes. When I learned about periods, I got my period really young, and my mom was a very active like educator for me all around. She was a nurse. She was very happy to teach us about our bodies, happy to teach us about sex, happy to teach us about our periods. But I remember a lot of books that were sort of like explaining from a from a technical perspective what is happening when you have your period, but in no way explaining anything else that was going on. No. Maybe ovulation a little bit, but basically ovulation existed to explain why you have a period. Yes. You know, it's like, why is my body bleeding? I was like, well, you ovulated. Oh, okay. Yeah, past tense. Why did I ovulate? We're not, we don't, that's not relevant. Let's get back to pads and tampons. (laughs) I think even, even if I think about when I was acquiring that education, the gateway into that would have been a cycle of time because that's aligned with anything that you think about in terms of like, fall, spring, summer, winter, yeah, that kind of cycle or like a calendar kind of cycle. Kids are very attuned to secular living. They're very attuned to, you know, Christmas and Valentine's Day and Easter and Halloween and all of these, you know, things on repeat that we find reliable and very, very comforting. Yeah. That was sort of my own experience about learning about my period. And then I think it probably wasn't until... I wanted to have babies that I even got a bit of education about the rest of what was happening to me. Um, Maybe I'm probably underselling it a little bit because there was definitely a period of time when I was like on birth control and you understand what you're suppressing when you're on birth control or you're sort of like, but do you, or did you? Oh, that's a great question. Like do women get old? Yeah. I'm probably overselling what I knew and what I didn't know. No, I just mean that do women get told what what birth control actually does, which is that it essentially tricks your body into thinking that you're pregnant so that you don't release in it. Yeah. No, not in that way. I don't think women get told that. No, I think you're right because it's definitely sold as like birth control. It's not sold as like as like pretend pregnancy. (laughs) This is your this is your pretend pregnancy pill. If your body thinks you're pregnant, you're not going to get pregnant again. Although that's like a really logical way of explaining it. So there's a lot of things we don't know, even now as you and I talk about it. Like, I don't necessarily feel like I can be super fluent through this conversation, but we're embracing the awkward part of it. Neither can I, but you know what? We're going to do it anyways. (laughs) All right. Tell me, Sarah, why do you think it's so important to educate women about their menstrual cycles? How does that impact their overall health, their overall well-being? And tell me, before you tell me that answer... What concealer did you put on? (laughs) Have you moved from base to concealer? And what was it? I don't wear concealer. I only spot. So I put everything in its its place, right? So I only wear uh, NARS Complete Concealer, the matte Complete Concealer, in the T-zone exactly where I want it to be and underneath my eyes. Then I went over to do bronzer, which... I actually am doing a pretty deep contour for me because I'm going for that Latte Girl makeup, which is Danessa Myricks. And it's a medium one. Ooh. It's a little bit warm. It's a little bit dark for me, mm-hmm. but it's perfect for this look. That's great. 
I have been in host mode, so I haven't done anything, but I am about to move into the, you know, what we should have done is me drugstore and you high end, because that's probably how this is going to go anyway. I'm wearing an underrated product from Rimmel. It's called the Match Perfection 2-in-1 Skin Tone Adapting Concealer and Highlighter. So this is a brightening concealer. And for the tomato girl look, you're going to have a really tomato-y cheek, but that gets contrasted by a bright under eye. If you imagine how your eyes kind of stand out when you've been in the sun. So we're sort of simulating that. So that's what I'm doing under my eyes. So I am going for a pretty brightened under eye and I'm just smoothing that out with a brush. Okay, concealer, disgust, base disgust, bronzer. Sarah, tell us why is it so important that we educate women? Why should we move from the dark ages that we've been in and start <laughs> to really push to revolutionize how women, teens, and girls learn about their periods, their cycles? I'm not even going to say learn about your period. We learned about our periods. Yeah. What we didn't learn about was everything else. Um. I feel like I'm of two minds on this in terms of the importance of it, because there is an importance in understanding your cycle in terms of understanding just how, how wonderful your body is and your ability to create that egg, to create mm -hmm. life and maintain life and like develop it and produce it outside of your body. But also on the flip side, um, or maybe, you know, the, the duality of it is the idea that you aren't just your cycle, mm. that your moods are not, you know, predictable, that you aren't just um, ovulation and period, that there is there is times in your cycle where you are doing other things, where it's doing other things for you, where you can be creative and driven and inventive and you can tap into that cyclical mode of your life to have times in your month where you have drive and then times in your month where you cut back and relax and give yourself a break. And, and even just in the terms of self-care, when you're coming up to that menstruation that you're like, Oh, I need to eat chocolate and hide in my bed. Well, yeah. Why is that? Like, wh why aren't we also teaching women how to like walk through that? Like mm -hmm. it's painful. It's not enjoyable. Why are we just like hiding it away? Like we're half the we're half the population. We ovulate when we're in the demographic that like perfect eighteen to forty five. Why are we not being marketed to? Why is there not food for our cycle? Like clothing for our cycle? Why is there not advertising beyond like period? There's there's just so much more to us. I think that it's really interesting why it's never kind of gone this way. And it has become this really sort of like puritanical way of seeing womanhood, which is about productivity. It's like, yeah. you're only as valuable as what you're producing and contributing to the world. And one of the things that women produce and contribute to the world is babies. And so what you need to understand is like the binary of having children is children off, children on. And your period in some ways is like taught to you as this time that helps you understand that children are off. Yes. And when the period doesn't come, it's like children are on. And that's supposed to cue you as to where you're supposed to put your productive energy as a woman. Well said. But to what you said is it it erases any individuality or contributions or or wholeness that a person might contribute to the world without 
existing in the binary of babies on or babies off. And that that part happens through the rest of the cycle, right? Which is where the moments where you're feeling potentially more nurturing, the moments when you're feeling potentially more engaged as a member of society, the moments when you're feeling introspective and you're building ideas and creativity, the moments when you're planting seeds for things that might become productive later, the moments when you're producing nothing at all. Yeah. And I think that that's probably that producing nothing at all is what we see as being like menopause or like perimenopause is where you don't have to produce anymore and you get you get to <laughs> you get to <laughs> babies on babies off doesn't doesn't um apply to you anymore and so then you get to go and sort of like in many ways live what i perceive to be like a second life like a second coming and i would love to study in many ways the productivity of women in that age from a creativity standpoint producing art, producing writing, producing and coming up with ideas, leadership and greatness that's happening for women outside of the ages of 45. And then society sets up all kinds of ways to keep women in the lane of baby on or baby off without exploring anything that might exist outside of that contribution. So that's my sort of like soapbox of it all is if we can own the conversation outside of babies on, babies off, and acknowledge that it's not an on or off. It's never going to be a binary. It's always going to be a cycle. Yes. And that anyone's going to be participating anywhere on that cycle at any given time. Then what we unleash is like this multifaceted way of existing in the world as women that is super powerful. Yeah. And I don't think we can actually conceive of how to harness that. I don't even know how to harness it in my own life, it just is right now, I think, something that I would say I'm conscious of. I'm conscious of, you know, oh, my luteal phase. Oh, this is a really interesting way to be experiencing the world as part of my luteal phase. And I just don't know, like, um, the consequences of this inadequate information on our periods, or not inadequate, but like, narrow and truncated (laughs) education. Yeah. It's like the tip of the iceberg is the fact that you get a period. Yes, that's it. Right? It's like the least it's like the least interesting as I said before it's the least interesting part of the cycle. And then it doesn't allow us to break the stigma of talking about anything other than our periods, right? Because the period is in a lot of ways like the kind of like I don't know, I I'm going to use like a word you might disagree with or many listeners might it's like the icky part, right? So it's like yeah. if we can't talk about the icky part then we can't get past that to talk about all of the other like crazy, wonderful, amazing things. But Mm -hmm. we've been taught that all we are is our periods and we don't really want to talk about the icky part. So we just stop. We just stop there. Yes. We just stop there. All right. uh, That was a lot from me. I'm going to move on because I haven't put any makeup on my face at all. I'm going to move on to bronzer. Um, The tomato girl makeup is really blush forward, but it is that Mediterranean look, and so you cannot not bronze when you're doing that Mediterranean um, face. Let's talk a little bit maybe about, like, myths and misconceptions. Like, what do you think is one of the greatest myths about your period, about your menstrual cycle that you busted, and how did you bust it? Um, that PMS is, happens every single time before your period and that you are um, a, a completely unreasonable being when you're PMSing. And where did you learn that? Well, there's it's a pretty common it's a pretty common joke in television. It's a pretty common societal misconception. 
you know, that women just like, all we do is cry for our period and we're just completely 100% governed by our hormones, which uh, it's just, it's wrong. <laughs> I don't know a good way to say this. There are times where your hormones are higher and times where your hormones are lower. And certainly it can have an effect on you, but it doesn't always. Right. We aren't that predictable as people. Um, and being written off that way, being written off of, oh, it's just, again, it's just that time of the month. Mm-hmm. It's a myth. But what a powerful myth. Like What a powerful myth. I'm reading this really interesting book that I think you would love, by the way. I've been meaning to send you the link. It's called Enlightenment Now by Steven Pinker. And one of the things, it's not about women or their periods, but one of the things he says is, isn't it fascinating that in 1900, there was only one country where women had the vote, and that was New Zealand. Yes. And now in 2023, every democratic country that is not like an absolute autocratic kingdom, every democratic country or every country that holds elections allows women to vote. Now, the degree to which women can exercise that is, of course, up for debate. However, objectively, it's very fascinating that in a lot of ways, our ability to vote was very much because we had periods that we couldn't possibly be rationally minded contributors to society because our role was to be babies on or babies off. Mm -hmm. And that our periods would contribute to irrational thinking. And that that irrational thinking might overthrow the government if women were allowed to vote. If women were allowed to vote, but they were on their periods, they would make the wrong choice because they would be ruled by their moons. <laughs> but say more. I love what you said about the fact that, like, your PMS is not copy-paste-repeat every month. It's not. Or every cycle. Because you're not copy-paste-repeat. Because no human being is copy-paste-repeat. No, I feel totally different in the summer than I do in the winter. Yes. And depending on where you are in your life, where you, how you've been feeding yourself, like men will relate to this. If you've been eating really well and taking care of yourself, your body functions better. Well, guess what? Us too. Mm -hmm. Right? So if you're feeding yourself well, then um, yeah, your PMS is lighter or non-existent sometimes. You run with the hormones that don't affect you the same way. It's just an easy way to, to set women aside. Yeah. And it's set their emote, not just their um, rationality, but also their emotion. Mm -hmm. Everything about it. Set to the side. The biggest misconception that I believed was that my energy was a constant and unrelated to my cycle. That all my period was was like my uterus and my ovaries <laughs> doing things. Yes. And that's that it. Is, right? After I had Beckett, I read a book called Do Less by Kate Norton. I'll put it in the show notes. I don't know if you've read this book, Sarah. I haven't, no. Do Less is a lot about understanding your cycle and understanding the seasons of energy in your cycle for many women. Not all women, but for many women. And in many ways, it doesn't prescribe, but it does encourage you to pay attention to when you're ovulating, your energy probably is going to be directed more outward. Your energy is going to be looking for sources to spend your energy outwards, whether that's whether that's in how you want to show up, whether that's in, for example, you know, um, the days when you're contributing to your work in a way that's like giving a presentation or finalizing something high stakes with your boss. It's very kind of like outward energy. 
versus, you know, your luteal phase is the phase where you're going to be kind of like wrapping things up. You're going to be feeling ready to put closure on some things. You're going to tick things off your to-do list during your luteal phase. And that was something that I had not even ever remotely heard about in my life. Yeah. And became very powerful to understand that I also didn't have to be showing up the same way every single day that my consistency as a human being was like, A, not achievable, but B, not desirable. It wouldn't be honest to myself if I was showing up with the same energy day after day after day. And I'm, you know, a high achiever. I really care about like what other people think of me. And I feel like for a long time, I would beat myself up over that inconsistency. I would think like, why am I not able to get my act together? Versus other times when I'd be like, wow, I really have my act together. It's going to be like this for 100% of the days moving forward. (laughs) Right. (laughs) I've really figured everything out. And then a few weeks later to be like, wow, how the mighty have fallen. Well, that's that's a big (laughs) part of it that I think, I don't know, maybe we should say more about for women who have not um, come to understand this aspect of themselves that... um, during your period or just after your period, you're in a follicular phase in which you're building up more hormones and you're getting more energy. And this is a time to be creative, to be outwardly facing. This is a time to push forward and excel at work. This is a time to go out and be physically active. I enjoy weightlifting. I am a beast at the gym in the follicular phase. And then at ovulation, I'm just like throwing the weights around. Like, <laughs> You have this strength. You have this deep-rooted strength. Your hormones are driving you forward. Um, And then there comes a day right after ovulation where you get a flip. And this is something that I... Rot row. Yeah, you get a little flip. And that day in particular, people talk about PMS as if it's right before your period starts. But that actual day where the hormones kind of start to slip away... That is a doomed day for a lot of women. Yeah, it's the downward swing. Downward swing, right? And I've had friends be like, I've had friends be like, oh, five days before my period, I hate the world. For me, it's like seven to eight days before my period. I wake up and I have, it's almost like anxiety. Mm. You wake up and it's like, everything is wrong. Yeah. I've made all the wrong choices. I need to um, leave my marriage, burn my stuff, move to Argentina. I, that is all wrong. Yeah. That is that, and that is that hormone withdrawal, that hormone dump that's gone. Mm. And women should be informed of that as a day where there, it's like, that's a bit of a chaotic day when it happens. And if you feel like that, that it's not just like OPMS where you're angry at everybody. No, there's a day that can make you feel a little bit off about your whole life. And if you're not connecting those dots, you can feel like you actually have made bad decisions. If you aren't drawing the conclusion of like, oh, this day happens all the time. No, this day happens once a month, once or like two days out of the month where I feel disconnected from my life and it's not my life. Yeah. And then you can move into the luteal phase where it's just like an excuse to take it easy. Just be calm. Take it easy on yourself. You don't need to be productive. You can just go with the flow. Yeah. Okay, let's take a pause. Okay. Tell me where you're at in the makeup. All right. So I've been using mostly this palette, this Morph palette. Your eyes look amazing. Thank you. 
I don't even know what the morph palette is called. It's just terrible. The multi-effect, power multi-effect palettes. And it's actually really gorgeous. That's like perfectly named for this episode, the multi-effect. <laughs> you know, it's got this beautiful, it looks like blue up here, but when you pull it off and you swatch it, Ooh. it ends up being red. Oh, it's gorgeous. Love that. So I'm using some two of the brown colors in here for latte makeup, gravitational pull and full orbit. Wow, I did spot on for this episode. Gravitational pull and full orbit? Yeah. Amazing. Maybe I can pick some other cyclical things. What else is named cyclically in front of me? Oh my gosh, that would be amazing. <laughs> so Sarah, tell me about what are you using to learn? So I recommended, I really recommend the book Do Less by Kate Norton. Kate also has, she doesn't have a podcast anymore, but she did have a podcast with her husband where she talks in great detail about cyclical energy. And she is sort of like a business maven. So she's sort of encouraging women to activate their cycle in order to amplify their business. That's why she says do less. She's like, do less, understand your period, align your work with your period and rock and roll. And you'll be able to really feel like you're functioning at the top of your game. Now, I don't think that's not necessarily to my mind why everybody needs to maybe (laughs) grasp a better understanding of their cycles. But there is a lot of empowerment through this understanding and knowledge. So what are some of the resources and platforms? Because there's a lot right now out there on Instagram and TikTok yes. and in the internet world that you feel like are really representing or are there are there any resources that you want to share? I don't have any specific resources that I want to share. I do find that, yes, Instagram, TikTok, as you're using them more, If you begin clicking on these things and it becomes part of your algorithm, you're going to get more uh, information on, you know, not just women coming on and joking about how they hate their husband on that, on that day where they lose all their hormones. Um, But you will get women who are in health, who are in health, the health field to help out other women. So you'll get women talking about um, menopause and perimenopause, which is super important part of this because it's coming down the line. Um, you're going to get women in uh, like pelvic floor physiotherapy, mm-hmm. which is self-care that's oh, deeply overlooked for women. So overlooked. And not and not just for your sort of like your uterine health, but also uh, your entire, like your urinary tract, every, everything. Yeah. All your, yeah. all your organs. Yeah. You know, because it's all connected. You're just going to find a lot of women in that sphere who are not just empowered, but they're 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 intelligent. They're seeking knowledge on this. They're doing the research. The more you begin to talk about it and seek it out, it's going to start showing up for you. Thankfully, that's one of the good things about that about algorithms. Because if we start liking something, it's going to start coming back to us. But I would also say that I've been far more motivated. Since having children, which it really brings your attention back to your body, uh, to talk to other women about this. Oh, okay. Yeah. Like you and I are talking about it right now. Yeah. Um, So let's talk about that. Destigmatizing conversations, you know, like why is that important to just talk to other women about our bodies and our periods? Thank you so much for listening to this episode, part one of our conversation. If you want to hear the answer to that question, you'll have to tune in next week to part two of my conversation with Sarah. 
Thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you want more Medium Lady, please go ahead and connect with me over on Instagram. I can be found at medium.lady. And if you like this episode, I hope you'll go ahead and give it a rating and review over on Instagram. If you love this episode, the best thing is if you can share it with a friend. In the meantime, I really appreciate that you're here. Thank you so much for listening. My name is Erin. This has been Medium Lady Talks, and I will see you again soon. Bye.